Hey, this is Rob. This is Eric. And you're listening to the Start Good Things podcast. This is season two. And you might be wondering, who are you? Well, that's a great question. With a simple answer. Yeah. In fact, we're believers. Yeah. Like in Jesus, uh, we believe he's, he's everything and he's worth following with everything. And we believe in other things too. We believe in a better future. And we believe in and we're for humanity. And though we're ordinary, we believe obviously that there are things that are far more extraordinary. In fact, we believe that ordinary people working together can accomplish extraordinary things. So we started this podcast to both inspire and hopefully equip you to start good things of your own. Uh, Let's get on with today's episode. Today we're looking at some of my favorite material we use in our community to help people start good things. Now these next four episodes deal with something we call advance, where you will be encouraged to make a choice, take a chance, and create a change. Too often, we spend our time trying to fix our weaknesses. Actually, the school districts in which we raise our kids, we're trying to make sure they don't graduate incompetent in anything. And maybe that, to some degree, is good. But ultimately, we don't want to just survive in life. We want to thrive. And so our hope in this series, Advance, is that you would discover your uniqueness. And in discovering your uniqueness, you'll be able to more positively impact your world. Last week, the Myers-Briggs is a personality assessment. It is based on your preferences. You can certainly sign with the opposing hand, but it takes more energy, more work. You feel less educated. But if you sign with the hand you normally write with, it comes easy. You don't even have to think about it. And so that's uh, what we dove into last week in the Myers-Briggs. It's about your preferences. This week is about your unique strengths. The chances of finding someone else in the world with the same top five strengths in the same order is one in 33 million. That's not quite like a fingerprint, but it's still very unique. Of all the assessments uh, out there, this is the most accurate. It has an 89% correlation between the first time you take it and the second time you take it. Other assessments, uh, they may be familiar enough to you that you know what they're asking, so it's hard to give an honest, unbiased answer without tipping your hand at what you may want to be. This one, it's giving you questions that are not related, right? You can't tell this is extrovert and this is introvert, and then sometimes it's not only coming up Uh, with things that are not opposites, but sometimes you'll see the same question coming up again and again and again. And in part, this doesn't just answer what you answered, but how quickly you answered what you answered. And so once it sees that you're hitting something that's similar, it's going to keep coming up, maybe on the other side. And then one of the strengths is called deliberative. People who get that strength are actually really slow to make decisions. And so The trigger for knowing if you're deliberative is if you skipped a bunch of these questions, right? And so Gallup um, created this, in essence. Uh, Gallup does polls, but they also do uh, headhunting. And years ago, they were asked to help find the most effective CEOs. And the most effective CEOs, they figured out if they could find people who have, or great CEOs, let's figure out what their strengths are, then let's find those strengths in other people, and then we'll know they'll be great. But what they found surprised them. None of the great CEOs shared the same strengths. 
but they did share one thing in common. They all knew their strengths and teamed with people in areas of their weakness. So the premise behind the strengths finder is this. Team with people. Value people who are strong in areas where you're weak and focus on maximizing your strengths rather than fixing your weaknesses. Okay, a couple thoughts. There are two assumptions that um, the Gallup Strength Finder makes, and that is each person's talents are enduring and unique, and each person's greatest room for growth is in the areas of greatest strength. Now, that word strength is defined like this by Gallup. It's consistent, near-perfect performance in activity and is made up of a combination between talent, knowledge, and skills. So you might have received a result, and you think, well, that's not me right now. Well, it's latent within you, and as you add knowledge and skills, it'll grow. That's the premise. Your greatest area of room for growth is actually in your areas of strength. Now, if you've taken this before, um, and you see some differences, there could be several reasons, or... Uh, just quickly, raise your hand. How many of you would say all five of these were absolutely me? Okay, any of you say four of the five? I felt really good about all but one. Anyone say all but two? Three are me, not so sure. Anyone say, I don't even think this was my results. <laughs> no? Okay. Uh, here's a few things. Some of you, here's some reasons to doubt what you received. You may have been told as a child that what you're good at, you should stop doing. So you may, literally may have grown up trying not to be who you actually are. Now, this assessment, just like the Myers-Briggs, does not look at character, right? So you can have a strength that's powerful, and if you have crooked character, it can come out wonky, right? And so obviously, the more you can grow in your character, which we'll get to it here in a couple of weeks, the more um, you can be the kind of person that's worth following, a servant leader, the more you'll maximize your strengths in a positive direction. You can use your strengths to do a lot of damage. Mm -hmm. right? The other thing about strengths is perhaps you've seen the downside of your strength because every strength has a backside weakness. So that might be why you struggle with whether or not this is yours. All right? Another could be the strength is so natural to you, you don't realize it's unique. You just do it, and you, you, you thought everybody did this, but actually you do this very well and uniquely. Another reason this could be hard, some of these results, could be we're not used to talking about our strengths. And this gives us permission to use another thing, is you may not be familiar with the terminology. It gives you permission to talk about yourself positively without sounding arrogant. You have these strengths because the computer told you so, right? By the way, no one only got three strengths. Everybody got five, okay? But those five may not be fully developed in you. That's the key. If we can really maximize these strengths. So some of you are like, well, there's a strength that I wished I had. Just assume it's number six, all right? We don't know. Um, they gave us the top five on purpose. You can actually spend more money and get all 34, but you know what you'll do the moment you get all 34? You'll look at the bottom to see what are you bad at. That's human nature, but they want you to focus on what you're good at. If this is your greatest area for growth, then this is your opportunity to really focus in on five strengths. And if you focus on them and learn to apply them where you work, where you live, 
you'll be amazed at how this is an area that really begins to flourish. So I'm going to walk through all the strengths super quick, and they're divided into four categories. Uh, what's fun, when I was trained in this back in 1999, back in the 1900s, uh, <laughs> they... Um, showed us these four subcategories. But then what began to happen is uh, there was a multinational company that did not promote any of their mid-managers to an executive level unless they had strengths from a particular category. And so people began to sue Gallup and began to sue the multinational company because it was actually limiting their ability to move up the ladder. And remember, the first thing I told you is this actually was uh, demonstrating that anyone can be an effective CEO. It's a matter of knowing what you're good at and focusing on that and teaming and valuing people who are good at what you're not. But I'm going to go ahead and just walk you through what happened about a few years ago. There was a book came out that called Strengths-Based Leadership where they put the subcategories back out there. Now, the goal is not to have one from every category. The goal is not to have five from one category. The goal is to maximize who you are. All right? Okay. So you can look at your results right now if you'd like. If you have a pen, you can write beside it on the left or right, or the handout I gave you, you can go back later. But I'm going to list several strengths that are under the executing themes. This is, these are people that are known, uh, used to be called striving themes, or motivating themes, or working harder. All right? Any of you have this strength, achiever. All right, what about any with a ranger? Any with belief? How about consistency? Used to be called fairness. All right, what about deliberative? Okay, used to be called cautiousness. Uh, discipline. All right, how about focus? Not one of us is focused. All right, that's okay. That's all right. Responsibility. Okay, how about restorative? All right, those are the executing themes. Any of you have two in that category? Anyone have three? Okay, again, just out of curiosity, three? Someone had three? No? All right, let's go to the next category, influencing themes. This is about impacting people. Raise your hand if you have activator. All right, what about command? Okay, how about communication? All right. Competition. Anyone? No one's raising their hand first. Okay. <laughs> Maximizer. Okay, this one used to be called varsity. People with this one do not usually need to take the strengths finder. This is how they've always operated. They can see other strengths. They only try to work in their strengths. Uh, anyone have self-assurance? Used to be called self-efficacy. Uh, significance. Anyone have significance? Used to be called desire. All right, what about woo? Short for winning others over. All right, those are influence themes. Who had uh, two of those? Anyone? Three of those? Okay, let's look at the next one, relationship building. This is about assisting people. If the last one was influencing and impacting, this is about building relationships, assisting people. All right, who has adaptability? Used to be called flow. <laughs> All right, what about connectedness? Used to be called spirituality. Look at that. That's the biggest so far. Every time I've ever done this in Austin, that's the number one strength. And watch this. How many of you, raise your hand again if you have connectedness. How many of you also moved to Austin? 
all but one. Yeah, this is a connectedness city, and we people are drawn here. Yeah, uh, that continues to happen. Fascinating. All right, next, uh, developer. Any of you have developer? Okay. What about empathy? The ability to feel what other people feel. Harmony. Okay, several of you. And includer. Used to be called inclusiveness. All right. Uh, individualization. Anyone have that? Oh, all right. Positivity. That one used to be called stimulator. Uh, relator. All right, several of you. Another high one. All right. Um, let me just say this out loud real quick. I think Austin is an INFJ kind of city. And uh, relator, empathy, connectedness, those are all really strong themes here. All right. Uh, strategic thinking. Oh, let me go backwards. Sorry. How many of you had more than one of the last category? Any of you have three? Four? Okay. Just curious. Again, there's no wrong answers. You want to have... Uh, last one is assisting people. Yeah, it's about relationship building. Here's the last one. This last category is called strategery. No, I'm just kidding. It's strategic thinking. This is about working smarter. Well, you guys are an easy audience. All right. Who has analytical? All right, the more skeptical of the bunch. And uh, they're able to see problems uh, others may not see. Who has context? All right, used to be called past. Anyone have futuristic? Okay. Uh, ideation. Ah, excellent. Input. Very cool. Intellection. And learner. Finally, strategic. All right, who has two of these? Three of these? Four of these? All right, fascinating. So... What I want you to do, uh, we're going to do a little exercise, and then we'll do a little Q&A. Yes, Clay. Who was a ranger? A ranger was up in the executing themes. Yep. Uh, actually, before we do um, our exercise, let's do a quick Q&A. Steven. How common is it for someone to not have two of any category? Totally common. Yeah, it's not uncommon. Uh, every once in a while, you'll see someone that has uh, all five in a category. That's kind of rare. To have like two in this one, one in that one, one in this one, totally okay. You know, again, quite common. Yeah, Rich. What was that last category? Uh, strategic thinking. Yep. So if you think about it, there's some are, that are working smarter, some that are working harder. Some that are influencing people, some that are helping people. So those are the four categories. And again, it just gives you another handle to really figure out your purpose. Maybe you should be helping people because you're really good at helping people. Maybe you should be helping others by working smarter and showing them how they can work smarter if you have a lot of thinking things. All right? Any other questions before we do a couple exercises that I hope get us uh, more aware of our strengths? Any questions? If you're even across the board, does that mean you're confused? Well, let me just say this. Okay, she asked, if you're even across the board, does that mean you're confused? Let me say this. I mentioned this earlier that I, I have strengths that can compete against each other. And so it, it might make you feel, uh, well, confused. And so here's the beauty, though. If you have a strength that seems to be on hyper action, you can turn on another strength to help turn off that strength. 
If you have some thinking themes that keep you up at night, then turn on another thinking or another theme like empathy or developer or something that gets your mind to stop working in the problem-solving mode and moving into more of a grateful, reflective mode, for example. Or you might have restorative and you see what's broken or analytical and you see what's broken all the time and you, it's like, you know, you just, like, you know, what was the little kid's name in the sixth sense? You know, I see dead people. Like, I see broken things everywhere. And you can turn that off and turn on another strength to start solving those problems or start turning on a strength that connects to people who can solve those problems, right? So use your strengths for you, not opposed to each other. Well, you've been listening to season two of the Start Good Things podcast, where both Eric and I are excited to share with you some of the resources and people we've come across on our journeys over the past 20 years. Thanks for listening. And until next time, go start something good.